Yo, what's good, family? Thank you for stepping to the Coach's Box. I'm your host, Coach JP3, joined by Coach Murph. And we got a lot of NBA playoff stuff going on. We got we got more people getting fired. We got people getting eliminated. We got people getting in trouble. We got people putting out, saying, hey, go ahead and put out a petition if y'all want to trade me. We got, we got a lot going on. So we're going to tackle at least part of it today. We're, we're going to try to do this justice. And then we're going to get into some, to some deeper stuff next week. But we're going to break down the NBA playoffs as usual. And, of course, tell you how to spend your money this weekend. So, first, I guess we got to go. We didn't get a chance to talk about the last round of eliminations that happened in the NBA playoffs. Uh, so, we'll talk just a little bit about that. I mean, I was really rooting for uh, a Heat. Sixers Eastern Conference Finals, but I can't. I can never get what I want in the NBA for some reason, <laughs> you know. And, and so, so MB and Harden let me down. Um, Doc got fired and everything. So, Coach Murph, what do you like? Uh, there's a lot of blame pie, I'm sure, to go around. But what do you what do you think about the whole Embiid and Harden coming up short in Game Seven, and them uh, that eventually the, the firing of Doc Rivers? Um, I, they gave up. They gave up. Harden is overrated. You know that. I know people got lost in those big, like forty-point games, but I mean, we know when it comes down to it, it's the inconsistency. And all I know is that there's some inner workings behind the scenes where I mean, we know that Harden got Doc out of there which I don't understand. And the one thing that I kind of dislike about Embiid is that this is your team. You're going to let this guy come in, get your coach fired, and still consider bouncing? Like, basically what Harden is doing is what Kyrie did to the Nets. You bring these people here, or you come here, you mess everything up, and then you just leave. Yep. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I've never been the biggest fan of Doc. Um like I really, I think his coaching should be done. It should have been done. I feel like he he just rides the coattails of that Celtics championship. But in actuality, I mean, you know, with all due respect, he's a loser. He, he loses more than he wins. Than he wins. Like <laughs> you can't sit here and tell me like, oh, I got a I got a Finals championship, and it's hard to get. Rightfully so. But then you also stack that on all these three two or three one leads you blown to get your team bound. So, and I understand unfortunate things happen, but that's when coaching is supposed to step up, and then you have to scheme to fix things and you know fill in those empty voids that um, you know to make up for those players that got injured, like. You know what Spo has been doing with the Heat when Hero got injured, or last year when also Hero was injured, and then you got Bam and the other players that didn't want to that wasn't showing up. He still found found a way to be competitive. So, I mean, the reason why Doc got fired, I don't agree with, but I really never agree with him being getting silly or having a coaching job in the first place. But and B <laughs> boy, I'm sick of that man. I am sick of that man. You know, I 
he has an excuse every single year. You were just with sitting with Rachel Nichols, and she said you are one of the best players in the league, and he says the best. You correct her and say the best, and then you come out here on that and get dog walked. Like, how do you (laughs) – I don't understand it. You're supposed to wrap this up in six. Yes. And y'all blew it all in the fourth quarter. And then y'all come in game seven and just – and that's the one thing that I, I hate about everybody hyping up this Tate on 51. He was just in a, a shoot-around. Mm-hmm. He was just in a shoot Like, oh, Tatum dropped 51 points. I'm like, 51 points is 51 points. You know, it's impressive. Yeah. However, the degree of difficulty wasn't crazy. Like when Jimmy dropped 56, you felt that. Yeah. The 51 by Tatum was kind of like, oh, he dropped 51 in a game seven. That's all it is. The only thing that people is making it more than what it was is because it was a game seven. But if you watch that game. Most of the shots were open. Bro, I could have went in there and dropped 25. Man, listen, I'm going to tell, tell you like this right now. I, I was already disappointed. Cause like if you just if you just if you just look at the box score and and see okay let's just see what happened today and you look at it and you would say all right James Harden forty minutes and forty nine seconds of gameplay nine points six rebounds seven assists now six rebounds seven assists that's fine but nine points you play almost forty one minutes. You're supposed to be the second best player on the team. In a game seven, you get nine. Tyrese Maxey got 17. PJ Tucker got 11. Tobias Harris got 19. Melton got seven, so he almost outscored. Like, and all these dudes play less minutes, except for Maxey. And, and, and to, to, to build upon that point, but on top, like, but Embiid need other people to show up outside of him and Harden. Bro, that everybody showed up, but y'all. Ooh, that and that that made me furious. I was already disappointed that okay. So that this, I'll, I'll be quick. I promise I'll be quick on this because I got a lot on my chest. I got a lot on my heart because they they hurt me. Like I said, I wanted that Heat Sixers matchup. Like, and and the Heat took care of their business, but the Sixers on the other hand. Like, I texted y'all after game six, and I said they lost the series. I texted I texted y'all that. I was like, they lost, they lost the series. And when I saw that lethargical, and that's being nice, performance, and I'm like, MB only got 15, 8, and 1. That's in 38 minutes of play. And, and you you missing shots by the rim. Harden looked like he, he was in, like, Space Jam or something like that. Like, he started – Whenever I think Harden Harden gets in his own head, like he start flopping and and throwing the ball and like being wild and being reckless, like punching people in the face, being extra, extra. Like he's he he turns to theatrical, and and, and when tactical reverts to theatrical, you get beat one twelve to eighty eight in the game seven, and you only score nine points because he was missing layups too. He was turning the ball over. The ball was just falling out of his hands. He was throwing the ball out of bounds. He was flailing, trying to draw fouls. This is like, no, no. 
shoot the basketball. Don't depend on the ref to bail you out all the time. Yeah, y'all down. Like, what? What? Where is the difference in mentality? And that's one of the issues that I have with a lot of today's players is their lack of consistency. Why are we in the playoffs talking about Tatum, Dave AD, and James Harden? They're supposed to be three of the best in the game, but they can't even string two straight games together. So that that that's another that's another conversation there. But that post game press conference made me livid, and you were the first uh, to text about it because that was that's ridiculous. And I know people was like all on you know ESPN and stuff like that. Like, well, you know, it was a snippet. He did take accountability. And you know what? I took his accountability because he said, you know, this is on me and then followed up with that. You know, it's the first thing that came to mind. Mm. Well, this and this happened recently. So, like, it's not that. But after that second job situation happened, I revert. It gave me PTSD and thought of that because what I what came to mind to me was when he was like, it's on me, then followed up with that. It just reminded me of Ja getting in trouble, going to Adam Silver, like, you know, I'm a change. I went to rehab and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Now I'm back to flashing guns again. Yeah. Like, okay, I gave y'all what y'all wanted. Now let me do what I really wanted to do. So it's like, yeah, let me say what y'all expect an MVP and leader of a team to say, but then let me give y'all how I really feel. Yeah. All in the same, so- like, press, I'm like, bro, you can't cancel yourself out in the same press conference. Like, <laughs> like, he that that's that's the part he started off like yeah like I that's it's on me I gotta play better everything I was like okay good but I noticed his body language if you remember when Kawhi hit that that wild shot at in game seven a few years ago and MB was literally crying and like upset angry that he lost that is the MB I expected to see after game seven. And I'm like, him and Hart are just way too chill right now. They're way too cool about this. Like, do you, like y'all let y'all's team down. And then he got the audacity, the unmitigated gall, as Stephen A. Smith would say, to get on the mic right after he took accountability and cancel it out with saying, you know, I can't do it by myself. You know, James, him and I, we can't do it by ourselves. And, and you know, we need others to stay so we could be the best team that we can. Most of the players outscore both of y'all. Like, what are you talking about? And and, and let's not overlook also, because just like how you said, I'm glad you mentioned about him him crying and stuff like that. But um, don't forget when he basically went up there and took shots at Giannis, like, oh, no, I don't think this was a failure. Like, bro, really? You, You made progress? How do you make progress when you're always getting bounced in the second round? Oh, right. What sense does that make? Like, you're not even thinking. You're just saying stuff. At least Giannis got a ring to show for it. At least Giannis got, what, two MVPs and a defense MVP and a finals MVP. You just got an MVP. Like, come on. Trash, bro. Come on, man. Like that. (laughs) So, and then also – you know, this whole process thing went went to trash when they – Doc this, – this is what I'm saying in terms of, you know, the Sixers. Doc needed to be fired. He never needed to been, be there. 
Harden needs to be out of there. I don't know why he's so pressed to go to the Rockets, and I don't understand the interest or why what interest the Rockets would have in him because the way Ime runs his team, <laughs> you I don't I don't think you're gonna get along with Ime. So I really just think he wants to go back to Houston because of the extracurricular activity more so than the game. Because there's no way you look at Ime Udoka as a coach and be like, I want to go there because that's not your style. Especially how you said you want to go play, go back to playing the game how you know you want to be and then also be a part of a competitive team. But also those things aren't mutually exclusive. Like if you want to go play your game, you're not going to be competitive. Because your game doesn't translate to winning. We saw that. Mm-hmm. We've been seeing that. So I are you're just as confused as Embiid is. So the the front office, they need to get rid of them because they messed all that up when they decided to keep Tobias over Jimmy. Yeah. Like y'all ruined that because like I was just <laughs> you know, I've been, you know, in my my highlight bag lately with uh Jimmy Butler. Then I went back to to that game when you know they played they played Boston and and Jimmy hit that mid range shot on Kyrie to like seal the game. And then just seeing them celebrate and seeing you know Ben Simmons at his best and Embiid and Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, and them there. And I'm just like, bro, this was a team that could win. Yeah. And y'all jacked that up because y'all wanted to pay a three and D guy versus. A superstar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they need to be fired. And then in terms of this this roster, like you're pretty much stuck with MV because whatever you, you can't get rid of him. I mean, he's too big of a star. You're not like you're not gonna undergo a super rebuild. So everybody is movable outside of Embiid and Tyrese Maxey, and you go from there. I was so mad at MB. I that was a trade worthy comment, in my opinion. Like your superstar clearly has no accountability for his own actions. Like his line for that press conference was, "That's on me. I I'm supposed to be the best player. I t- I said I was the best player in the game, and I did not play like it tonight. I gotta be." Yeah, but the- and yeah just be done like for him not that that means like you didn't learn anything bro like so why would i want you on my roster yeah and, and the funny thing is you couldn't even trade like one you shouldn't trade because it's a b although as much i dislike him but the funny thing is for him to be league mvp this year his trade value is shot to shit yeah what well, who what are you giving up for Embiid? That's worth something that's going because you're going to want to go star from star star for star. Mm-hmm. Who like you would assume that okay, well maybe a small market team would would do it. So you will look at you know the situation out in Milwaukee and like okay, well you know there's Middleton there, there's Drew Holiday, but that's not going to help you win. You're just trading. You're you're trading. You know you're breaking a dollar down into quarters at that point. So then you'd be like, oh, well, maybe, you know, the trailblazers, if we can get Dame. Yeah, Dame will help. But you also got Tyrese Maxey. So you're going to still need to find a big, I mean, 
Yeah. He'll probably do like Dame, Drew, Eubank. But, I mean, that's still like it's, – it's a lateral move. Like, there's just – for both teams, because, like, if I'm, you know, the Trailblazers, you could probably be like, oh, maybe we can do – try a, you know, Embiid and Simons or, you know, um, Shade and Sharp type of experience, experiment. But I don't know. It, I mean, I guess in the Trailblazers' case, it would make the most sense. But that – I don't know. That – his trade value as an MVP, a current MVP, is not what it, it sh- what it should be for you to be the the best. What is it with everybody calling themselves the best? I don't know. I don't know. Humbly, I'm the best player. I'm one of the best players in the league. And- Humbly, I am one of the best players in the league. What sense does that make? And then. To his credit, that don't, sound, that don't sound humble, bro. Game seven, but then took a nosedive in the fourth quarter of game one. We'll we'll get to that. One of the things, um, one of our NBA sources, I, I found out today that um, basically KD and Devin Booker um, wanted Monty Williams to be fired. They really like him as a person. So it wasn't anything personal. They just didn't feel that he had enough X's and O's knowledge to get them over the hump, to get them past, to like to the next level. So they were contributors to the Monty Williams firing. Imagine taking the team to the finals and winning coach of the year, but saying that they don't have what it takes to. To coach this team, yeah. yeah what y'all think y'all gonna get? See, like, I mean, I know the 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 pool, like the you know, coat head coaching pool is hot right now with uh, you know, Nick Nurse and um, who else is out there that just got fired? Yeah, Boomhoser, you got yeah, Bud, and you know them, whatever. But like, not not. A lot of them are. They're not. They're not standing up to, to Monty. Yeah, there's no one out there that says, "Yeah, they're going to get us to the next level." Like, there's no one out there that really makes me excited uh, in, in that sense for for Phoenix, not for Phoenix. So I'm like, wow, that's crazy. So, like, how do you, how do y'all say that before y'all say y'all went eight and out? Like, what's going on? Like, if I'm if I'm Booker and KD, I'm like, yo, we got to move eight and, and get some depth because that that was ridiculous. I'm like, if you have any objectivity, and that's not to say that Monty Williams is, did a perfect coaching job against Denver because he didn't, but I mean, KD didn't show up very well for a couple games. Booker's really the only one that could say I showed up pretty much every night. Um, yeah, but he really wasn't getting guarded, bro. It's just like that's what the the eight like having KD on your team. That's what I was getting sick and tired of hearing that. They're like, oh, like him hitting at a high clip. I understand that, impressive. But also, let's not just sit here and like act like he's getting the attention that he typically gets. All the the defense is just rolling towards KD. So it's just like, hey, if if Devin beat us, then he beats us, and guess what? He couldn't. Right. Yeah. I mean, and 
yeah, all the depth is gone because of you, KD. They did that to get you. So, yeah, you're going to be limited. CP3 gets hurt. Aiden is getting cooked, filleted, flambéed, fricasseed by the Joker and not doing anything really on offense to contribute. Is that Monty Williams' fault? No, none of those things are his fault. And he decides to use his rotational players and open it up a little bit. You get two games in Phoenix. But your role players, you know, a lot of times they don't travel well. So, like, that's – listen, if you got limited experience and stuff from those role players, that's what's going to happen. You're depending on Cameron Payne. You're depending on with Torrey Craig, uh, Landry Shamit, who did come out big in one game. But, like, are you really think you're going to beat the Nuggets, the number one team in the league? With that roster, with the injured CP3 and a mediocre Aiden, nah, bro. Nah. Bro, they weren't even going to beat the Clippers. The Clippers had them dead in the water. If Kawhi wasn't hurt, and if if Paul or if Paul George was there, it was it was curtains for them. Curtains. It was curtains for them. Like the writing was on the wall. Man, so that 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 made me upset when I heard about that today. I was like, y'all, man. Uh, but anyways. So then you got your Miami Heat going oh, yeah. another round and, and and knocking the Knicks out. And so, so we're rewinding a little bit here because we have a show last week. So what what do you think the future of the Knicks looks like? Like what what are the pieces they need to move, and who could they possibly get? I I heard that that they may be interested in in Paul George. Um, if, if he's available, which I feel like is, uh, um, he will be a really good fit there. I know his injury history is alarming, but you look at it and just say, you know, the, the Clippers can look at it and be like, of course you have to go through it with Kawhi. Cause mind you, they are, you know, going to their new stadium next season, I believe. So like you you got to sell tickets somehow. So if you you will only can only imagine how Kawhi will feel if he, they move PG. It depends on the package you get back. And I I know that ideally Julius Randle because of contract will have to be a part of it. And I don't think Kawhi would be too happy with that. <laughs> so um, that that would that would be interest an uh, interesting piece. Um, to me, we all know it's Brunson's team. And it's the estate sale. Everybody must go. <laughs> if if your name if your name ain't Brunson, uh, well, and to you know, give a little leeway, you could probably keep you know Mitchell Robinson and Ob Toppin, gotcha. maybe Grimes, but but that's it. That's about it. Everybody else, RJ, you gotta go. Julius. You have to go. You have to go. Like, that's just like you're the good to keep everything. Let's go <laughs> for sure. Shout out to Tyler, the creator. So, yeah, everybody, everybody can be on the move, but they they have a lot of young assets. They got the draft capital. They can make a big splash. Yeah. I I think they need to go and you know pick up their keep up this momentum. And get a really good wing player. Mm-hmm. Do you think a really good wing? Some of the rumor was Giannis 
if he doesn't sign an extension? I heard that. Um, that would be interesting to to see because Giannis has never played with like, you know, I wouldn't in essence a ball dominant guard. Um, but it would it would ni- it would be nice to see him play like you know off ball like that. I think that's what he needs, really, uh, to alleviate a lot of the pressure. And then like, yeah, I I, I would I would like that for him. It, I mean, he he got Milwaukee a ring. You don't owe, you don't owe them anything. Um. You know, know how hard it is to get stars, so you might as well go ahead, load up on these young assets, and hope you hit again. Because you know Middleton is going to be out the door. Uh, you know you might lose Brook Lopez either, or he's older. You're just going to have an old team, so you, you just might as well look to move Giannis and and Drew, and you know start all over. Because I think there's a good shot because ne- next year is going to be the telling year because, you know, and, and New York could be playing the long game here and by long game, like, wait another season. Uh, because I'm looking at it like if if Giannis contributed to, to Bud getting let go because he didn't have confidence that he was going to be able to, to take the team to the next level and the, the lack of adjustments and all that kind of stuff then he might say, all right, well, because I did that and I had a voice in that, I'll at least stick around another year. See, let's see who y'all replace him with and we'll see how this works out. If it doesn't work well, then I'm out. Like that's, I I think that might be his mentality. So we'll see. We'll see. So that does give New York a, a good shot because of how that situation Yeah, They're in a really good space right now. A really, they're in the the ideal space of like you know when we were just thinking that you know um the Cavs are a up and coming team on the rise and um you know well assuming that Giannis will be back and well actually now I think about it, the the East is just so in flux right now because this off season is about to be crazy because you like literally every team that pretty much all the teams that lost in the second round your mindset is blow it up yeah. <laughs> like Knicks you got Brunson build around Brunson get rid of Julius Randle who was the most improved player a couple of years ago you look at the Sixers Harden wants to get out you got it you're getting a new coach and right now I look at MB, Maxi, you keep them. Everybody else can go. The Boston, depending on how this run goes, I don't really think it matters, but Jalen Brown is out of there. I think he's out of there. Mm. So that's something that you're going to have to to work around. Like, it's going to be so many changes. I mean, you even look at out west, the Warriors is like, okay, what are we going to do? Are we going to keep these main three guys? Uh, you know, you got Bob Myers that that's that's due for a contract. Who's a big part of that? Um, I mean, the Suns. 
Grizzlies with with Josh situation. What now? You got Desmond Bain <laughs> carrying the team because I believe Josh should be suspended for for the season. But uh, yeah, it, it's the NBA is going to be like wide open next year. Yeah, both sides. So I think that the Knicks are in perfect position out east and out west. Sacramento. Sacramento and of course Denver is without saying, but Sacramento is in the perfect position because it's just like you took the defending champs seven. I I like y'all's chances against a lot of these a lot of these guys, except for Denver because Denver is so big and you would have to shoot them out the gym, but but them boys can shoot. Yeah, them boys can shoot too. Give them a so. Uh, at least, yeah, like the yeah, I feel like that will be a seven game series, but it it will go like the, there's literally nothing they could really do with Jokic. Mm-hmm. I think that next year out west, everybody's game plan is going to be let's build around stopping Jokic. Let's just like how out east they were like, okay, let's get these big players start doing these big lineups so we can build a a wall against Giannis. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. That's a very good point. And this is going to be one of the more critical off seasons. Because um, whoever wins the off season may legitimately win a ticket to the finals. You know, like or, or so, like it's that it's that severe with everything in flux. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're gonna start talking about stop talking about people who took L's and let's talk about people that got some dubs around here. So. Uh, you're Miami Heat, our resident Jimmy Butler fan here, Coach Murray. Mm-hmm. He done walked up into Boston and got a game. Got a game. They're playing as we speak here for game two. It's close. So what what do you see the remainder of this series looking like? He and six, man. He and six. He and six. Look. I'm getting sick and tired of the disrespect from everybody. I'm not going to lie. Okay, you know, I'm kind of upset. And and Coach JP3 is too because, you know, Coach Pace is supposed to be here. Yes. And we got in a huge argument about something else, not Miami specifically. They they, – Miami adjacent. But we we were going at it for hours in in the group chat. And I didn't tell, I didn't tell you this JP three, but the reason why I had so much to say and I was so passionate is because I'm in album mode. No, everybody, I do not write music. I'm not really dropping an album, but I've been doing things that I usually don't do, and I've been in the YouTube comments. So these past couple of weeks, I've been going at it with strangers. I don't have social media. I, I just got YouTube. So under these comments, under these segments, undisputed, first take, get up. I'm over here standing up for my guys. And, you know, people got – not everybody agrees. But that's okay as long as we have a respectful conversation about it, which it has been. Nobody said nothing flagrant. But mind you, I am undefeated because I always get the last word, and I know it's not one of those things like, oh, maybe they didn't get the notification, or 
oh, maybe they just forgot to respond. No, it's because you had nothing else to say. <laughs> hey, he going at it. He going Buck series. Everybody want to bring up, oh, Giannis, you know, Giannis missed three, uh, Giannis missed two full games. Okay, well, y'all acting like Miami went 2-0 and against them during that hiatus. They went 1-1. One and one. Not bad. What makes it look worse is that's the only win they got. Even with Giannis coming back those last two games. And then they be like, oh, but he was injured. That injury ain't caused him to miss 13 free throws. That Y'all didn't say nothing about the injury when they were up 14, up 16 late in the fourth quarter. But now the injury matters. He His injury started affecting him in the fourth quarter. Cool, whatever. Then you go face the Knicks. Oh, the Knicks is a good – they're a scrappy team, but they're really not that good. They wasn't saying that when, when they was dismantling the Cavs in the first round. Y'all thought they was the second coming of like, oh, stamp it. Knicks is going to the, Knicks is going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, ha- we, we handle them. No Tyler Hero. No Victor Oladipo, just like we did to the Bucks. Now we go face the Celtics. We take game one, and we got a 13% chance of winning the series. What? Game one on the road? 13%? After what they did against the Sixers? After what they did against the Hawks? And don't sit here and tell me, like, oh, the Hawks be, be uh, the, the heat in the play-in. Because last time I checked, one game versus a whole series is a lot different. Right. You're right. <laughs> hey, Coach Merv going in on him. The, the disrespect is so strong right now. And I think it's it, the the Denver Nuggets coach Malone was talking about the disrespect in, in their series. And I, I think the Heat are getting a lot of that too, where it's what did the other team do wrong instead of what the Heat did well? Um, and all this coverage after game one of the Celtics series was Jason Tatum's fourth quarter performance. And really it just kind of aligned the the, uh, the defense, the, the perimeter shot making uh, that the Heat did. And of course, Jimmy Butler's performance, I think he had like 35 in that game. So like, I, yeah, it sucks that, that the the media coverage is imbalanced, that is so heavy on the Lakers, it's so heavy on the Celtics, that it really doesn't give the team that did well their due justice. And and the media wants the Knicks to be that, right? They they want the orange and blue skies. So but it's red and black. It's red and black. <laughs> it's a dark night. Because they let because they let hell rain down on them boys. They did. They, I wasn't surprised that they won the series. I was surprised the way that they won it because it was it was pretty dominant, uh, and 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 that's not you know Jalen Brunson played his behind off. It definitely wasn't because of him, um, but yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat won this series. Um, I think it'll go seven either way. Uh, I want to see what happens tonight. Um, you know, a lot of times you can tell kind of after three games, like, okay, I can, I can kind of see how this is going to go, but I think it'll go seven. Um, but if, if Tatum is the, the humbly, the, 
best player, one of the best players, then I'm going to need to see that because he really dropped the ball in game one. Then they about to drop it again. Trust me. Trust me. Because all, all it takes for me – look at Duncan Robinson. Hey, by the way, shout out to Duncan Robinson with that high IQ play in game one. And when he threw the ball off the back, <laughs> off the back of Bam's head and then pulled the three and then smacked it. Like, I was like, yeah, that $90 million was worth it just in that by itself. Just for that play right there. <laughs> I was like, that's what we was looking for, man. That's what we're looking for, man. Up five against Boston. Come on, bro. Under five minutes in the second. Oh, like, all I need to know is that, like, because the way Miami plays, as long as it's close in the fourth quarter, like at the top of the fourth, I'm not worried. They could be up. They could be down. And the funny thing is they could they could be down 10, 10 12 points, and I'll still be like, mm, we got a chance. I really I don't get nervous when when is it like if they down of course like twenty it's like all right yeah yeah might just probably a wash but like you know 10, 10 to fourteen fifteen points I'm like oh yeah they can they can do it yeah because they're they're not as good with the only thing that worries me about the Heat is that they're not one of those teams that they're not gonna blow the Celtics out the gym because they're, they're up and down perimeter shooting wise. And I, I think they have trouble holding leads sometimes, but they do make really good decisions and in critical moments because they're a very disciplined team. They're well coached and they have players that know what they're doing. Um, so that always gives them a shot. So even if they have a lead and it just dissipates, you know that chances are there's still going to be a couple plays that they make down the stretch to still win the game. Um, so I, I think I think overall the Heat are just a, a really good team that was uh, – people underrated them because of their regular season performance. Uh, injuries. And injuries, too. Injuries, too, but definitely played a part in that. Uh, so we're gonna switch to the to the to the West here. So you know, AD balled out in Game One. I I give him flack when he doesn't play well, so I'm gonna give him credit when he does. So that loss was not on him. 40, 10, 3, 3 and two. LeBron, you know, had, had basically had a. a triple double in that game or close to it close to it yeah he was i think he was like one assist off yeah you're right 26 12 and nine uh you know reeves did his thing in there but you know denver kind of controlled most of that game a lot of those points i think your first game in the series in high altitude and you have to fight back twice in the game that's going to take a lot out of you i mean that takes a lot out of you in regular elevation let alone you know, uh, 5,280 feet. So um, I think that, that might be part of what happened in game one. Game two, uh, so this is, the, this is the thing I wanted to pick your brain on here because Anthony Davis, and even in our group chat, Anthony Davis was getting a lot, a lot of flat for his performance. Now he got, what, 18-4 um, and, and a couple blocks or something like that. So 
do you think he was the primary reason why they lost game two? <clears throat> um, no, no, no. I I did for for the longest part, but I feel as though that the blame could be spread out, um, kind of like pretty much evenly. Um, I you can put blame on Darvin Helm and his his rotations. You could put blame on D'Angelo Russell. Um, I love that he stepped up defensively, but offensively, what you expect from him, he's been a liability on that end. Uh, You can put it on LeBron James, um, you know, that fumble dunk and, you know, those missed missed layups at the rim. You know, momentum is everything. Like, even though one of them happened early, and, of course, the other one happened late, that was costly. But – and then also, you know, him losing the ball uh, late down the stretch, the, the turnovers. So, like, I feel as though you can look – you can pass that around everywhere. Um, so I wouldn't solely put it on AD. You do expect him to be, you know, more aggressive. But, I mean, I think I'm just kind of like – I know what I'm going to get out of, out of him. It's every other game. So – you know, you get the same shots, you don't make it. You get the same shots, you do make it. And it's just been, it's just been like that all, all playoff long. So, yeah, I, I think in this particular game, not going to talk about the others, but I think in this particular game, he, I wouldn't put a lot of blame on him because I think part of it is it would have it would have been more of his fault if he didn't shoot the ball you know there are games where he doesn't take hardly any shots he may take like nine shots in a game it's like bro like you're supposed to be the best player on this team right now why are you gonna take nine shots he took 15. Now, it wasn't the 23 shots that he took in game one, but I don't expect him to be taking 23 shots every game because, you know, LeBron took 16 shots in game one as opposed to Andy Davis's 23, but then LeBron shot 19 shots in game two to Anthony Davis's 15. So it's like, well, yeah, if LeBron is the other player taking the shots, then like it, it, that's not really on AD. He just had a bad shooting night. Like, it was just bad. Like, it was a 26% from the field. Like, that four four out of five, yeah, that's 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 pretty rough. You're, you're, you're not going to win that game. Um, yeah. And, and then Jamal Murray just went crazy in the fourth quarter. I mean. Boy, oh, my gosh. I, it, it happened so quick. <laughs> I was just like. And it was good defensive possessions, but he just found his found his rhythm late. And well, it, well, for th- there was a lot of stages of this game. So you know, the first half, I felt like the rest was on some BS. They were heavy on on the foul calls in favor of of the Nuggets. Um, and then as the the game you know went on, of course, the the Lakers. And their transition defense is horrid. 
I don't understand how you have somebody like LeBron on the court who has the highest basketball IQ in the league, and nobody knows how to stop the ball. You see Y'all my- guard everybody else but the ball handler. It's like Red Sea. They just like part it to the other people. Like Michael Porter Jr. takes the ball out the, straight to the basket. Uh, Bruce Brown did it a couple a couple times in game one. Might have done it in game two. The ball KCP. The like you, you're just well, – everybody is just like, this is my man, this is my man, this is – no, your man is the guy who got the ball. You figure the rest out later. Yeah. You call that out like now nah, I'm I'm here, so I'm gonna go ahead and take ooh Jimmy Butler with the late oh, this boy cooking. Anyway, yeah, their transition is is defense is horrid. And then you know you just got the you got Murray getting hot in the fourth quarter. And like I, I side with I believe it was Mike Malone that said it, that said like these games feel like they'd be going on for five hours. Like, I literally – that game, too, felt like I watched, like, two different games. Yeah. I was just sitting there like, bro, like, it, it's just so much so much that, that was going on. But back to your point of, you know, them losing – you know, after game one, I went in a group chat. I was like, oh, yeah, game two, got it in the bag. Mm-hmm. And I know, like, people say, like – you know, uh, the series doesn't start until, you know, a road team wins. But um, this is this is a little different. <laughs> this is a little different. Because, <laughs> like, I, I understand that in essence because you just expect home teams to win. But I feel like how you lose matters. So the fact that you know, you figure something out in game one, you call back, you fall back, you fall short. And then you go into game two, you get up as high as like 10 and you got all, it's like all these momentum changing, you know, points or stops you can make. Y'all just mess it up. And then y'all just give pretty much give the game away. It's like, losing back-to-back games like that on the road or at home, it doesn't matter regardless. That's demoralizing. Especially doing it up in Denver. Like, you expanded so much energy and just gave the game away. So, um, I expect the Lakers to win game three. It's game four that I'm worried about. Because I can tell – I can tell – during that post game interview, seeing LeBron, he looked a little bit fidgety because he knew, like, this is on me. The yeah. three pointers, the the turnovers, the fumbling the ball, the missed layups and stuff. I feel like this is going to be one of those games where it's just like, AD, I don't care what you do, I'm taking over. Yeah, this is this this is do or die right here because obviously if you go down 3-0 like (laughs) yeah that like you're you're not 38 little year old lebron like that that's not happening you or you just want to need a hell of a game from your your teammates but yeah yeah i think i think game three is in the bag but game four it it got me a little nervous yeah 
I, I literally took the words right out of my mouth. I, I'm 100% with you. 100% with I. LeBron knows a lot of that. When Whenever you, you because he, he, LeBron has dog in him, right? Like, he is not the same type of dog that, you know, Kobe or MJ is a different type of dog, but it's still a dangerous dog. And it's a dog that responds in different ways. So he may not say anything before you, because classic LeBron, what he will do is, I mean, he did it with the washed king thing, right? So mm-hmm. he hears everything that's being said about him, all these shows and commentators, because the, the whole narrative now is, is LeBron too old. And that is probably the one of the worst things you could do to the Denver Nuggets in game three is now you're going to have a motivated LeBron James. That's not, he's going to turn back the clock at least for a game yeah. and, and get you, get you that dub. And I think it was a little exaggerated because they kept showing the highlights and I'm watching the game and I'm like, yeah, but the, what was bad was his turnovers. That's twice that he's got the ball stolen from him in the last seconds of a game. Yeah. That's bad. And I don't know if that's I, I don't know if that's an age. I'm not gonna like just blame that on age. I, it's also good defense. The plays that worried me a little bit because he's, he's expending energy on defense, and he did do a go, good job on Jokic. I think the stats were Jokic was 0 for five and two turnovers when LeBron was guarding him. So Jokic is going to have to adjust to that in Game Three, and, I, and knowing him, he'll probably be ready for that. But what worried me was that layup that he like hit front rim, like those are late. That's a late yeah. explosion issue. Right. And so it was hard for me to tell. It was like, is that just your age? Like mainly your age is just like you're in elevation already on a, a bum ankle and you're having to play so much defense too, that you can't elevate every single time. But then that everybody was like, Oh, he lost the ball in the dump. I'm like, you see how high that man jumped? Like, yeah. I don't think H had anything to do with that. It was looking pretty till he lost the ball. So I think it just slipped out of his hands. Like we see players do it do it all the time. We're just not used to him doing it, but players do it all the time. It just it just slipped out of his hand. I'm not going to attribute that to age. That's that's just him being human. Yeah. But the the last one where he he stole because he stole the inbounds, but it was a, it was a really dumb decision by Murray to float that ball. Yeah. Ended the game to Jokic. LeBron reads it perfectly, uh, like a DB, and, and, and intercepts it. But then he goes up. Now LeBron, that we're used to seeing, is going to punch on Eric Gordon. Yeah, yeah. He kind of gave him one of those, like try to trick layup on the other side, and it wasn't it wasn't cutting it. That was a sign of age to me. Um, so I think the narrative was a little exaggerated from last night's game. I could point to maybe two points in that game where age might've been a factor, but the other, it was just human error in my opinion. Yeah. I'm yeah. That's why I know that Brian's won't come out here and prove a point. Cause like you said, he, he hears the whispers and he knows how, even though he had a solid game, you know, he knows that I know that he puts that on him. You know, knowing the caliber of player he is, but that's why that's what makes me nervous about Game Four because it's like you expended a lot of energy in Denver both games. Now I know you're going to go 150 percent in Game Three. That now is just relying on like, hey guys, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna get us Game Three. Mm-hmm. I need y'all to get me Game 
get us game four so I can be ready for game five. It's going to be one of them things because you – like, come on, we got y'all for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. D'Angelo Russell, the magic number, I think uh, Brian Winhurst said, is when D'Angelo Russell, Russell scores 17 points or more, they win everything. Yeah. And he has not been able to, to to you know, do that a lot in these playoffs. Yeah. And, and I was talking to a, a friend of mine. He's a he's a LeBron fan, and he was talking about how he likes this team more than the the twenty twenty, uh, you know, championship team, which I understand, and I you know I agree with them, but you see that it's ineffective against somebody against Jokic because this time around. They went more guard and wing heavy when back then in 2020 was a lot big heavy because you had Dwight, you had AD, you had JaVale McGee, and, like, you have, you know, Mo Bamba that I, I guess he's injured still or whatever, and then you got Tristan Thompson that he, he's getting these DMPs. But, um, like, I, I think in, in essence they're more excited. This team is more exciting to watch. But this ain't the ideal team to to be uh, be Jokic. Yeah, is I I think it's it's dangerous that you had AD on Aaron Gordon for several periods of time because you know that he's not going to be able to hang with Jokic. You don't want him to get in foul trouble, so it's like mm-hmm. ugh, like yeah, like you have no. Even if you like have to have dispensable bodies, like you have no dispensable bodies, like someone you just put in there, like just be as physical as you can and don't make it easy for him. And if you foul out, you foul out. That means you're trying. That that's all. We don't need you to score or anything else. We just need you to. They yeah, they don't have anyone, anyone like that. Yeah, like, yeah. like how do you sign Tristan Thompson before the playoffs and just leave Dwight and Taiwan? He'd be perfect for that. Perfect. Perfect. Big body, realm protector, mm-hmm. physical. Yeah. Yeah. They got this dude just sitting in Taiwan recruiting players. <laughs> and one of the players he was wanting to recruit is Ja Morant. So that it Ja's the the subject of our next topic, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um I'm I'm a I'm gonna try to be quick on this. Because I know we spent more time in some of the other areas. Um, I just, I just don't understand because it you you can't make good decisions when it's your phone, and your friends can't make good decisions when it's their phone. Like so, this is all like imagery aside, as far as like. Who who has guns, whatever. I don't, you know, if that's what you do, you do. But you like, okay. All right, Coach Murphy. We go, let's just say you're John, John Moran for a second here. And oh Lord, not me. Let, 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 let's just, I'm just gonna illustrate this because we boys. And you got a lot going on. You got major contract, you got endorsements going on going on for you. You got um 
basketball success, all those kind of things. You got incentives for first team, all NBA and your contract. So you don't want to miss any games. You don't want to jeopardize any of that. And you used your own phone and went and streamed on IG Live and got in trouble. As your boy, I'm not letting that happen again. Right? Like, if I got to take your phone, then that's what I'm going to do. Right? And the, the bad thing was, it was his friend's phone. That was a, you're literally driving the car. You know, Ja has a gun. You knew he had the gun before you, you turned it on. You turned your phone on IG Live. And then you scan over to him. So the last thing that I would do as your boy with my own phone was to go on IG Live, which I can't take back, and show you, even though it might be for a hot second, with the gun in your hand. Now, I couldn't call call myself your boy if I did that to you because I know that's going to cost you some, some paper. And, and I'm not looking out for you. So I, that's why I really question the whole, like, like, are you really, like, you got to really evaluate who has your best interests around you. So because if somebody really did, that wouldn't have happened. What you did with your own phone, that was your fault. But now that's that's that that's partly on your friend to be like, all right, you can have this gun, you in the car, but we're gonna yeah. keep it in the car, okay? Well, I'm not gonna go on IG Live when you got a gun in your hand. No, what just happened. <laughs> like it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So I can't explain that. That's that's unfathomable to me. And and really the topic that we're gonna talk about uh next week is Ja has the potential to be the face of the NBA. Because if you look at it, like everybody's talking about who got next, you know, Ja's one of the few um, American-born players that would be very marketable. Because before all this, he has a likable personality. He's a really good basketball player. And he represents the culture. He has beautiful relationship with his daughter, with his dad. So there's a lot to like about him. And he's really messing that up. And with becoming the face of the league, that comes with more money, more endorsements, more promotion. And you're going to mess this up over wanting to carry a firearm to show you some type, you, you know, you about that life. And one of our other coaches said in our group chat, it's just a matter of time before someone actually tests him to see, oh, let's see if you really are about that life. And I hope it doesn't come to that because someone can get hurt in that situation. But that is the pathway that he's on right now. And I'm, you know, it's mandatory therapy at this point. There's no like this little, you go in for a couple of seconds. No, you're going to go through with it because if if I'm the Grizzlies at NBA whatever, if I don't make that mandatory, then I'm just as, I'm just as bad as his friends are. That then you don't have his best interest at heart either. So there needs to be there needs to be substantial therapy, substantial proof of of change before I let you back on a basketball court. That's what I have to say about the situation. Listen, Ja, his friend, the Memphis Grizzlies organization. And Adam Silver are all idiots. 
collectively. It's that easy to say. You like first incident. Oh, I went to Florida. You know, did did rehab for what? Like five five days. Oh, let's just let's just let's just suspend him for for eight games and just talk. We so the. I'm going to look into the optics of all of this, right? So I think this is what we – and we all agree that we know that this this first suspension was more so of, like, it was a ratings ploy. So mm-hmm. it's just like, hey, Memphis is a hot team right now. People are loving Ja. We can't have Memphis in the playoffs without Ja. That's going to kill our rating. So let's just give them this little eight-game suspension, get them back so we can do, do our rating. But you know what we will do? We will get him on the back end. And what we'll do is like, hey, you'll be suspended for eight games, but also, hey, don't vote for him for for all NBA. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just take that thirty nine million from him. I think that was their their move, because or like people were just turned off to turn, voting for job because of that off the court incident. It's just like, oh well, he did because you know as much as people want to say it's about the game, it's about character too. Yeah. It's about who you like. So they're just like, oh, yeah, we, we ain't rocking with that. We're not going to vote on boom. He lose $39 million. That was the NBA's plan instead of nipping it in the bud. Because as uh, if you're a bad kid, you go, you get in trouble in school. Let's say you get in a fight, you know, over something stupid. Like he started a fight, got in a fight. You get home and then your parents just say like, hey, you know, that wasn't right. Don't do that again. Okay. How much you think he gonna retain that? Right back going with <laughs> like, oh, if I could do this, or I could do it again, and, and you know, it, the punishment probably won't even be that bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something of high severity, you have to nip that in the bud early. Yeah. Yeah. We are a brand. You are carrying a gun in an establishment and flashing it on IG. You're out for the season. Bump the because now you you're setting a tone. You're setting a tone. So anybody else that want to do some dumb stuff, look what happened to Ja. That could be you too. Now people are walking on eggshells, even though nobody else was dumb enough to do some stuff like that because. In league history, as far as I know, nobody's been caught doing some stuff like that mm-hmm. while playing. Mm-hmm. So the second – I know a lot of people was blaming, you know, Jaws' friend in the second incident. Like, oh, you know, like you said, you know the gun is in there. Um, you know, why are you on IG Live and blah, blah, blah. Jaws a grown man. He gonna do what he want as a friend. Like he could make a better, he could make a better decision. But also, you know, his friend who's probably actually about that life, uh, he probably had the common sense of thinking like, "Oh, Jaws not dumb enough to do that again." And then he did it because you saw how fast he moved it when he saw it because it it caught him off guard. Like any 
same person is looking at it like, bro, you just lost 39 million. You got suspended for eight games, I guess. But you lost 39 million and your, you know, all your endorsement deals is up in flux right now. Mm-hmm. There's no way he he probably looked at it like, okay, it's okay, Josh breaking this gun, which Josh bringing this gun with him. It's an open carry state, you know, whatever. But of course, he's not going to, you know, pull this out knowing that I'm on IG Live and he does it. That's Josh's fault. Yes. Oh, yeah. He's responsible too. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. So, but like as a friend, well, what, what are you taking this out of the house for? Yeah. I, well, I, what are you bringing that for? What are you bringing that? Just because it's an open carry state, don't mean you need to bring it. Exactly. And, and if you if he like if he judge spill me some whatever story of like oh well you know I just feel like I need it and blah 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 okay I'm holding it. yeah I'll that's hold- the end of story and if if you got something against that I'm not rolling with you today exactly that's 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 the true ride or die friend that he that he needs in his corner is somebody like that yeah and he hey, has- we can't be friends I'd have punched him in his mouth. I, I, bro, <laughs> you know, he, I, I'm money too. I'm like, you messing up all of our money right now, <laughs> bro. Like, I'm we we couldn't be friends because we literally would be fighting all the time. Because I'll be like, bro, there's no way you're this stupid, right? There is no way you are this dumb, yeah. That it, it just I just can't wrap my mind around why, like. Like there's just the the thought pro the lack of thought, the stupidity that's going into that. He has thought that don't think. That's his issue. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, it just <laughs> like every time I become a fan of somebody, they end up doing something stupid. You know, I was a big A B fan. Now that that man off the chain, off the wall, just downhill. That hit. It's like it's like he knew. It's like he like, oh, James a fan now. All right, let me go do something stupid. Like that's that that's how bad it is getting. John Morant was like, oh, James just bought some Memphis Grizzlies joggers off a of homage. Oh, I'm about to act a fool. Like, come on, man. Like, I'm trying. I'm trying. Like, because he has so much potential. Like, being in the Allen Iverson era and growing up as a teenager in that era, and to see the influence that Iverson had on the game, despite the commissioner of the NBA, Stern, at the time. And the fact that Adam Silver kind of embraces more of that, that culture thing, Ja could even have just as big of an impact in that sense. And he's electrifying. So I'm like, yo, like, you got a lot of potential, face of the league potential, like, that can last for years. Um, and he could all throw it away over trying to reflect some type of lifestyle that he really doesn't even embody. So, like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, smart athletes that have friends that are from the streets or however you want to say it, then, yeah, my friends, yeah, you hold me accountable. Don't let me – I'm not going to do anything stupid. I don't want you to do anything stupid. But if something does go down, y'all got me, right? And they'll be like, yeah, we got you. We we the bodyguards, all right? You making all that money, you can actually actually get a legit bodyguard if you wanted to. Like – why stunt? Why stunt and cost yourself? Now, now Nike's like, uh, we're gonna hold off on this shoe thing. 
Powerade's like, ah, you probably find somebody. You, you can find somebody else. You're not irreplaceable. You're not Beyonce. So. Well, they, they, drive, they drive players every year. Anybody can take his spot. Yeah. Victor about to take his spot if he actually stands out. Now he needs somebody in Memphis so he can really steal it. Mm. <laughs> you like that's 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 what it because that's what the Sixers or not the that's what the Wizards did to to uh, Gilbert when they drafted John Wall. Like that's what he needs to feel. Just like this is your replacement. Mm, that's a good point. That's a good point. That that. But there's nobody. There's nobody on Memphis is just like well, at least they got down. Like if it was if it was you know. Jason Tatum that was slashing a gun on IG of like, well, I mean, we got Jalen Brown. You know, you, you got some like what you got Desmond Bain. Like, yeah, he's a good player, but he ain't selling tickets. Nah, people aren't buying those tickets to see Jaron Jackson Jr., even though he's a defensive player of the year and a really good player. Uh, no one's going to see Dylan Brooks buy because he's no longer on the team. Like, <laughs> by any means. By any means. Like, why you gotta say it like that? Like, just say he's not on the team anymore. <laughs> that was so petty. Uh, but uh, we lastly, uh, Coach Murphy wanted to talk about uh, Damian Lillard, and, and so a lot of talk. You know, some of the fans are like, "Hey, you know, Trey Lillard, let's rebuild," or some are like, "Keep him." And and so Damian Lillard basically put something out, paraphrasing his words, basically like, "You know, hey, if." If the fans, if that's what y'all want, then that's fine. Y'all want to survey the fans. It kind of reminds me of uh, Shaq when he played for Orlando. And they took a poll in the newspaper whether it, would they pick him or Alonzo Mourning. They chose Alonzo Mourning. And as far as, like, the best center, you know, stuff like that. So Shaq was mm-hmm. like, I'm to L.A. He took that personally. So it kind of reminded me of that situation, except, like, Damian Lillard is inviting it to, 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 to pan out like that. Listen, man, I, I I called it, I called it a while ago. I said Lillard wants to leave Portland. He just doesn't want to be the reason why he leaves because he doesn't want the backlash. So now, you know, situations like this, it could be like, oh, I wanted to stay. I felt like I could win here, but you know, the organization traded me, or the fans didn't want me here anymore. Like now, he has an excuse instead of like, oh, he's one of those players to up and leave which is a smart ploy on his part in essence because of he was also one of those people that, you know, stand on his soapbox and be like, oh, people don't want to compete anymore. People just want to go join teams and stuff. Mm-hmm. What, what, what are you trying to do? Join the team? I'm pretty sure right now you're looking like, hey, I know Harden ain't work there, but I can do something with Embiid. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, the Clippers, they got they got a nice little roster, y'all. Y'all look possibly looking to shake things up. I'm a, a somewhat durable player that can sell tickets. Mm-hmm. Like get a get a coach like Ty Lue. Like now you're just out here scoping. Well, like you, you ain't fooling nobody, or at least you ain't fooling me. Ah, uh, you you caught it. You caught it way ahead of time. So yeah, I I think there's a bit, and he and he's talking differently too. If you listen to him, he was on Stephen A's world uh, during one of the play earlier playoff games. And he was a guest on there. And Stephen, they tried to get him to say, like, you know, 
Like you want out or not. And he he basically said in so many words, um, I'm not, you know, gonna push my way out. We'll see, you know, we'll see what happens, the decisions that they make here, but I'm not in it for another rebuild. So I don't I don't wanna, you know, spend that time to do another rebuild. I'm here to win now. If they put a win now team around me, that's fine. If not, then I don't think me staying basically, I don't think it's the best position for either one of us, the team or myself, to be around for that. Listen, that man is just pulling a Kyrie. Hey, I want to be here if y'all if y'all will have me. <laughs> yeah, man. I and I, I wanted to I want to see him leave Portland. So I hope it, I hope this happens. I, I want to see him out there playing for a contender. Uh, it's funny because I don't care where he goes. I don't think he's going to be a contender. I think he waited too long to make this move. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I do agree. Philly would be his best chance that I can think of right now. You know, maybe this offseason will – but I think for conference, that would give him a good shot at the conference finals, if not an NBA finals. Yeah, but we'll see what happens. Uh, they got the third pick in the draft. Uh, we'll see who they, who they pick there. All right, we're gonna wrap it up with uh, Coach Merv. How we how we gonna spend our money uh, this weekend? Listen, man. I like I said, I, game game three, game three. I'm not worried about. So three pick parlay. Lakers dub. LeBron over 26 and a half. And Jokic gets a triple-double. Because that's what he does. Got Simple. Yeah. Simple, easy. That's, I think that's LeBron is going to be aggressive. You, This is a do-or-die moment for y'all. And, and Jokic is just going to put up some stats. I like that one. I think that, yeah, I think that's a safe bet. That's a safe bet, y'all. So y'all heard the man. Go ahead and place that on, on your on your bet slip for this weekend. And it's been a pleasure. Hope y'all had as much fun as we did. Can't wait till next week's show. We got some really big debates underway. Um, that will at the least be very entertaining for me. So we hope that you enjoy it as well. Uh, but until then, I have Coach Murph, uh, Coach JP3. Have a blessed weekend, y'all. Stay safe. Peace.